the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we are back. It is Lifeline, hour number two tonight. Pastor Phil Howard joining us here on the program as we uh, as we talk about marriage. Uh, the Bible has an awful lot to say about marriage. And as we celebrate Valentine's Day this month, February is the month of Valentine's, the month of love. We're spending some time looking at God's Word to see what the Lord has to say about all of this. And as we start our number two, what we would like to do is spend some time talking about some of the practical sides of what we are discussing here tonight on Lifeline. Um, you know, I, I my mind races. You know, well, I've, I, I'm, I'm divorced and remarried, and now we're in a blended family, and it's tough, and we're having issues, and we're having problems. Oh, how can I get my husband to listen to this? Because what you're saying, he needs to hear. Well, the Lord doesn't have him in front of the speaker. He has you in front of the speaker. Maybe it's something you need to hear as well. So there are a variety of issues. And Pastor Phil, as we start our number two here, let's just dive right into the practical side of this. Marriage, successful marriage. How selfish and how selfless does it need to be to succeed? And how important is selfishness or selflessness in a marriage to help it along? Well, no doubt marriage is the biggest mirror in your life to show you all your uh, foibles and all the uh, twists and turns. I I believe my wife said to me uh, once that I didn't know I had that problem or that trait, you know, everything was and she's a wonderful woman but you know she began to say oh i do have that battle and i think you say if it was made in heaven sometimes it feels like hell working it out on the earth <laughs> because uh there's a whole lot of uh, adjustments apologies i've got a uh, uh a chart that i uh got from a friend of mine and it gives the steps to marital intimacy it starts out relationship with God. Now, if you got two people that are not related to God and he's not going to come into the conflict at all, it's a rough road. The second part is forgiveness. Oh, man, you're sure not thinking of that when you're buying gifts and, and you're uh, uh, dating. And, oh, man, all you think of is I know couples would come in as a pastor and they want me to marry them. I couldn't get them to keep their hands off of each other. Uh, a, a year later, I couldn't get them to look at each other uh, because the physical could be so dominant that you're going to live with a character and a lot of forgiveness is the only way human relationships keep going because we keep stumbling. We, we do all. Third thing was compliments. Isn't it amazing how you start picking apart the one you married? The one you couldn't, baby, I can't live without you. Let's play it, almost paradise. How did we make a turn and wind up in a mini hell? You know, it started out in paradise. Well, I oh, you're getting heavy. 
Uh, oh, I noticed you're bearing a little weight. I don't, oh, uh, no compliments. No, you're the greatest. You, it's nagging each other to death. Companionship. Uh, that is companionship where you can enjoy a cup of coffee with each other with no physical assignment or agenda. I enjoy your conversation. Mm. I want to know your heart. And that's where many, I, I don't know women may do this, but I've known men, they don't talk. Uh, you've got to be a mind reader. Me being an extrovert, I got a hush. But I can't imagine women living with mutes that will not communicate. That's communication is companionship. Then I think the big deal, are you mature enough to solve a problem? Uh, I learned a thing in counseling years ago. It's not who's right. It's the issue of what's right. You come in and your checkbook isn't balancing. So you're having financial difficulty. Guess what? What usually happens, we start blaming one or the other. You don't realize it's our problem. And we got to make it a what issue, not who. Because men are built to win. They're built, they're competitors. And uh, I usually, when I grew up, I didn't like any sport, but what someone won is someone lost. Just to go out and play a friendly game, you might got to be kidding, honey. I'm out to beat your booty. <laughs> uh, just to you know, do exercise on the elliptical machine. No, let's get on the court and settle it. Well, now that I'm old and semi-ugly, I don't mind uh, competing. But then you get to romance. So if you play that back from I got a relationship with God in a Christian marriage, I, I practice forgiving. I did the most forgiving because I did the most goofing up in our marriage. Be irritable, cranky, uh, compliments. Uh, some people never say, I. As a pastor, I hear from some people, I have over the years, if I do a bad sermon, and the same people never say if I do a good one. Uh, you've got to balance. And I think you bring this into marriage. Are you complimenting each other or competing with each other? Uh, is your companionship? It sounds so corny. My wife and I prayed together this morning, drank her coffee together, committed our, the day to the Lord. That sounds so corny. To us, we call it the enrichment of companionship. And when I've had back surgeries, hip surgeries, sickness, let me tell you, there may not be sex, but there's companionship. Mm. And that is the, the cement of a long-term relationship. I love hearing what you are. And I think some basic things, but then the, the termites get in the marriage. I wrote down nine termites that would destroy your marriage. But ask me a question, Andy. I'm ready. All right. Give me a termite. <laughs> termite. First of all, uh, conflict. Every marriage is going to have conflict. It's going to be over something. Uh, you just be married a little. I'll give you a very simple one. Uh, okay. We all marry each other's family. I remember this. One day we were moving furniture, something around the place, and I said to my wife, I said, get on the other end of that refrigerator. We're going to move it. And she said, uh, she was kind of, I said, get over, I said, my mother, we'd move it. 
She said, you didn't marry your mother. <laughs> I, I don't work for the Teamsters. I'm not going to move that refrigerator. And we got immediate conflict. My mother would move the furniture twice a week just to stay in shape. My dad, <laughs> when he got up to use the bathroom at night, he hoped that he could find it. Because, you know, he, she was always moving the furniture. My wife, a little bit more feminine acting, a little bit, e okay, you didn't marry your mother. She's not going to be conflict. But if it's going to be, I'm going to win this, you're going to lose it. If you get into that, you both lose. Kobe said, you've got to go into all problems with a win-win philosophy. And I think, guys, quit trying to beat your wife. You, nice. got, you both have to win. You really do. You, you bring up a, a, an amazing point, and we've got a couple of minutes before we need to take a break here. But uh, I, I find that it's interesting you say that because I find that my wife thinks I'm in competition with her. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a two-edged sword, that one specifically. I don't believe I am. I honestly believe I am provided to you to be able to do things for you this is God designed. And what I see as me helping her, she sees as me competing, saying, oh, I'm better than you. I can do that better than you can do it. Yes. Well, you're a strong personality, even as yeah. a man. Yeah. And men go in a room sizing up men, their finances, their physical capability, their position. And um, they... We are automatically, it's why the women are much more friendly, nurturing. Right. Because they don't have, uh, I'm weighing you up, who makes the first move? Us men are built to make the first move. Right. And like if I hung out with you, I'd always carry a bat. I'm not going to let him run over me. <laughs> because I grew up with the scrambling kind of guys in the hood. Yeah. Now, at least carry an equalizer. And I'm not talking about a gun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll take a look at more of your termites. And I would imagine one of those termites is when you get frustrated with your home life, you start looking over at the greener grass on the other side of the fence. And is it really that green? Is it really that green? I don't think it is. But we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. If you would like to join the conversation, we've got a line open. 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 888-367-5329. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go off to the KFAX Traffic Center now and take a look at your traffic. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. Andy Froyland and Pastor Phil Howard joining you tonight here on Lifeline. Every fourth Friday, uh, Pastor Phil gets a chance to come in here and spend some time with you and uh, answer any questions you might have related to the topic we're dealing with on that evening. Unless we have an open line Friday kind of a deal, which uh, that, that may take place next month. You never know. Um, so many issues going on in our current culture today, Phil, that, uh, man, we could just we go on forever and ever and ever. Forever and ever. Yeah. But our topic tonight is marriage and God's design for marriage. We're looking at some of your... Um, termites. Termites. Yes. Let me give you the eight. I'll just put them out there in case a listener out there wants to... Uh, call in. Uh, I put conflict. Do you know how to solve it? Uh, then communication. And I would read Ephesians 4, uh, not corrupt c 
communication, not downing. Uh, it is so hard to get people to listen to each other. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, uh, it and it, my like in our marriage, tone means more to me than message. Uh, and I'll say something to my wife. Uh, oh, I don't like the tone, and, and we laugh about it. It has to be certain tone and everything. And listen, am I? And I'm I'm like yourself. Dominant personalities. We want to always fix them, and they're saying, "Mister, I can fix myself, and if I want to be fixed, I'll ask for your help, right. because I'm still sane and of good mind." So, communication, finances. They say it used to be sexual problems. The number one problems in marriages today is money. Yeah. Uh, both. You've taken the woman out of the home. And in the marketplace, usually just by money, paying a big mortgage, and the whole paradigm is shifted as a whole. Uh, sex, uh, either having it, uh, withholding it, in the First Corinthians 7, using the body as a bargaining chip. Children, I tell you, children can complicate everything. The love nest is doing great. And then we get Junior here and mm-hmm. little Alice and... Uh, and we both are raised different ways. I grew up in a very uh, disciplinarian. I mean, a spanking was on the agenda. Uh, my wife probably got two spankings in her whole life. Easy child. Uh, same for a brother. Uh, religion. Uh, how are you going to raise your children? And then a probably the, maybe one of the biggest ones uh, is, this is weird, personality differences. C.S. Lewis said, coming into a marriage with a bad personality is no worse than being uh, married with digestive problems. He makes it that our personality quirks are part of us. And if the uh, holes in your head don't match the ones in hers, uh, uh, it's, man, that's why a courtship that is not physical, but is truly searching out the land do we fit right do we fit expectations uh one of our former pastors used to have couples list the 10 expectations they had going into marriage in priority and then he'd do his list and they usually would be crisscross his 10s were her ones right and so expectations and then i finally of course i should have said it first maybe what roles will we play in this marriage? And let me just advocate for the woman today. Let's go back a century. She was entitled to stay home, maybe have starved if she's from Ireland mm-hmm. and a you know, hard time. And then be there, children, domestic chores. Now we've taken her out of the home as a whole. Economics, World War II put them in the workplace. Okay, economics, uh, who's going to take care of the children? Well, we've got a child care industry booming because somebody's got to take care of the children. Uh, You've got to, let's say, on an eight-hour-a-day job, uh, and they come home, fix the meal, and and most men still want a red-hot love life. And we've got Sister Haggard and Sister Fatigue that she says, don't you have? In, oh, and then we're going to add, add children, of course. Right. Oh, yeah. And say, 
And you, your expectations are still like when we were dating. Yeah. And when I had no children, said, no, 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 you're doing good to get the leftovers. Yeah. And I think that role, and then, of course, who wears the pants? Well, I hope both of you wear clothes. Uh, <laughs> the issue is, uh, who's going to lead this thing? Well, if he's a park truck, or if she makes more money than him, uh, what, what's the role? Is it you, the traditional is he leads in theory, in name, she follows, and yet submission has been so uh, uh, misdefined that Christians, and I, the, I think people outside the churches, uh, you're, you're terrible. It's a naughty word. Naughty word. And I always say Christianity is the best thing that ever happened to women. Go east from Jerusalem and women are still enslaved. Yes. Go west is where they were liberated the most. Right. And, and the thing is, you, you know, those who want to, you know, use that as a bad word and try and malign Christian marriages because it requires submission. Well, you know, go to Proverbs 31. And you show me where submission hinders that woman. Not at You're all. You're not going to find it, not are you? Not at all. No. Uh-uh. So as, uh, as we continue this evening, some practical thoughts. Going back to your list, I, I, the, the, the first one you laid out, um, which one was that one? Uh, not the first. I think it was the second one that you gave uh, us. Conflict. Confl- uh, conflict. Communication. Communication. You mentioned the fact that uh, tone was very important to you. And, man, that just raised a bunch of flags in my mind. And I would think my advice would be get rid of your smartphones and all texting devices. If you're going to talk to your spouse, use use the phone or face-to-face, right? Yes. That tone becomes so important. And I can't help but wonder how many how many moments of communication between spouses on the texting level because we've got a generation that that's all they know, how much of their marriage suffers because of the miscommunication in something that strips you of that quote-unquote tone? I watched a program talking about uh, all the tech uh, boom. It showed a couple, and they were in bed, each each with their computer talking to each other. Yeah. Back... I, I thought it was the most silly, but it was for real. Uh, we're not, and, and I, even texting, listen to me, audience. I thought when we got beyond the telegraph that we made a breakthrough when yes. we could talk to people. You we're back to telegraph. I, I didn't think I would have, I watch these kids on the uh, cell phones. Uh, either I've got gorilla fingers or, you know, I need WD-40. I can't keep up. But I think I'd like to hear you because I'm listening for tone and for body language, not just. uh, And I can't get over how many of my grandchildren uh, can breathe heavy, but can't hardly say a sentence. Right. Except give me or oh, or hi, grandpa and give me get mixed up. Right. Yeah. we've, We've just lost so much in the art of communication. This technology has just dumbed us down. It truly has. And when it comes to the marriage, I I see uh, younger couples, and that's the only way they know how to communicate. And, man, uh, best advice you're going to get from us tonight, dump it, flush it down the drain, and start talking to one another. Talk, hold hands. 
And I, I would say that, you know, for any church who's seriously interested in trying to reach out to the 20-something generation, even the 30-something, teach them how to communicate. It's, it's true. How it's to just true. talk is, is real big. You've got something there in the scriptures you're looking well, at? Well, I just think on this communication, uh, settle the anger issue before you try to go to sleep. Uh it's real bad when at two in the morning they wake you up. I've had this on my heart, and I'm I want to say I've got something on my heart. And good night. Uh, <laughs> but let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And wow, then he goes on to deal with bitterness. Let me say, be current. Be current. In conflict resolution, uh, I had a uh, uh, a gifted counselor. It was a pastor's wife. Uh, my own family was in conflict, and uh, the elders of the church said you need to get counseling. And as I shared with this woman, with my wife and children there, the issues I were carrying. And mostly church things. There was disagreements over how to handle my child and everything. All of a sudden, this uh, pastor's wife, counselor, she's just very simple. Says that said, uh, Pastor Howard, you got a problem. And I thought that's why we're here. Right. Uh, and she said, but she used this illustration and it caught me. She said. You're a man that hasn't emptied the garbage can for a long time. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you keep bringing up different people who hurt you and conflict. She said, until you pour out the can on the table and leave the garbage here, you won't have a chance to carry your burdens any further. Because you have to put away wrath, bitterness. Unresolved conflict always leads to bitterness. You're holding it over, over the grudge, with the hurt. My father said, son, you'll never have a scar until you heal up. Hmm. And some Christians yeah. stay wounded all their life. They never heal. So in the marriage, are you always wounded or has there ever been any scars? His mercies are new every morning. Do yeah. we live it? Do we, Do we live, live it? it? We've got to take another time out. When we come back, we will continue our conversation surrounding some of these issues about marriage. And uh, I, I, I don't know that we will, but if we can get to remarriage, that's always a big issue. <laughs> Here's a question to consider as we take the break and something we'll deal with on the other side. Do your children know that you love Christ by the way you live out your marriage? We'll talk about that. Mm. Right now, we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center for another look at your commute. This report is sponsored by Circle K. Big car crash in Orinda. Eastbound 24 right before Wilder Road. That's blocking the left lane. CHP heading to the scene. Westbound 237 in Sunnyvale just before Wisman Road. A two-car crash over on the right shoulder. You'll find traffic coming to a halt right around the Lawrence Expressway. Northbound 880 before High Street in Oakland. A two-car crash. One vehicle blocks the left lane. The other one's already over on the right-hand shoulder. And if you're headed to BART, there's a 10-minute delay between the MacArthur and 19th Street in Oakland and in the Antioch, Warm Springs, and Richmond S. SFO and Millbury directions due to someone walking on the tracks. That's traffic. I'm Michael Bennett. At Circle K, a dollar can get you the freshest cup of coffee in the world. Every cup is ground fresh right when you want it. So for a split second, your cup is the freshest on earth. 
Every cup ground fresh, starting at a dollar at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. KFAX presents I Speak Life, the teaching ministry of Pastor Gary Mortara from Faith Fellowship Church in San Leandro. Tune in weekdays at 11 a.m. as Pastor Gary teaches and applies the Word of God with relevant and life-changing messages. I Speak Life will challenge and encourage you in your Christian walk as Pastor Gary teaches his way through the Bible with powerful and exciting sermons. I Speak Life, the pulpit ministry of Faith Fellowship Church in San Leandro every weekday at 11 a.m. right here on AM 1100 KFAX. Hi, this is Brian Johnston. You know, there's a lot of talk about Medicare for All and universal health care, the government providing for your health needs. But is there more that you need to consider? Are there things they're not really telling us? And does it impact the actual protection of human lives? Yes, it does. Find out more on the next edition of Life Matters. That's Life Matters, Saturday mornings at 1130 on AM 1100 KFAX. If you or a loved one has suffered a serious injury through the fault of another, the only 800 number to remember is 1-800-4-INJURY. Get premier service and speak personally to Neil Kavara, who can help you get the compensation you deserve. With over 40 years of solving cases, Kavara Law Firm has recovered millions for injured Californians. For premier service, call 1-800-4-INJURY. That's 1-800-4-INJURY. The only number you need to remember. Located in the heart of Silicon Valley for over 25 years, Santa Clara Christian School offers preschool for ages 2 through 5 and elementary school for kindergarten through 5th grades. We provide a safe and loving environment and superior student-to-teacher ratios. Find out why Santa Clara Christian School is the right school for your family. Call us today for a tour at 408-246-5423 or go online at sccristian.org. Best-selling author, filmmaker, and conservative provocateur, Dinesh D'Souza, brings his unique political insight to the Bay Area to tackle the 2020 election straight on. With no apologies. America is facing another critical crossroad where we could decide our nation's fate for decades. Don't miss Dinesh D'Souza with special guest, Fox News regular Dana Lash. Friday, March 27th at the Shrine Event Center in Livermore. Don't miss an evening with Dinesh D'Souza. Get your tickets today at KFAX.com. And now, back to Lifeline. Well, we got the squirrels off of their break. They're running in circles again, which means we have power, Scotty, and we can continue the conversation here on Lifeline tonight. Andy Froyland, along with Pastor Phil Howard, joins you fourth Friday of every month here on Lifeline, giving Craig Roberts a much-needed break. And he's, uh, oh, the poor guy. Just, that brain of his gets so overworked, he, you know. We got him a drool bucket for Christmas, and he's made great use of it because of that. (laughs) He's not listening. He doesn't know what's going on. Anyway, we're talking about marriage tonight here on Lifeline. And uh, the the phone number, if you'd like to join the conversation, is 888-FOR-KFAX-367-5329. Uh, just before the break, Phil, we were talking about, uh, well, we were talking about marriage, weren't we? We've been talking about marriage this whole time. The question was, do your children know you love Christ based upon how you live with your spouse? What are some things that kids will notice that will bring that about, Phil? What are some things we as parents can do as husband and wife 
to ensure that our children do know. I mean, I, there's a lot of things I can think of. You know, the the, the 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 dinner table. I think we've lost the dinner table altogether. Yeah, that needs to be recovered. Um, how I express affection to my wife, and especially I've got five girls in my home. So they're constantly looking. And boy, if I had a penny for every time the kid said, oh, get a room, I'd be a millionaire. I'd I'd be living in the Caribbean somewhere right now. But what are some of those hallmark signs that our children know we are Christians because of how we live in that marriage relationship? You know, it's amazing. Uh, You share, let's say, the affection side. Um, I think for me, the first two things that come up is I was the primary uh, learning as the head of the house to ask forgiveness both of wife and children. And that, uh, because I'll tell you, when you preach every week, the Holy Spirit has a way of keeping you in line. He said, uh, are you right with your wife? I'd say forgiveness was a biggie. And, and it, not uh, monumental issues, but issues. Just do you own your part? That, uh, another thing, uh, I think like in my children, at three daughters, was grace. Uh, that uh, when they did have their problems, and I had a daughter that really had some troubled years there, uh, and I always told them, my children, you call us first. You always call here first, because... Uh, we don't have any disown clause in your birth certificate. So I think showing grace, and these are the things they tell me now, as grown women, uh, daughters in their 50s and 40s. Uh, they remember that. They remember that I love their mother. Uh, I grew up pretty strong that uh, romance was not a public sport. So uh, my wife, affection publicly, was not her personality as much as mine, but it was that uh, uh, affirming. We prayed together. Uh, they did. We always ate together. We had a family night together. Uh, I was a talker. I would always teach them to talk and share. And uh, even to my granddaughter, if she started smoking at school or something, she'd tell me first. Uh, because I believed in grace and forgiveness. Uh, I may not like what you say, but we're going to discuss, pray, no threats. Uh, I think in my mind, I understood that everything God the Father, his manner in treating me was to be my model in treating them. Hmm. Did I do that perfectly? Absolutely not. Uh, And their mother, seeing those apologies and my wife, I mean, she would break out laughing so much in uh, family devotions. She set them a model forever because this is crazy. It seemed, and I think many Christians, I am such an intense personality. If it wasn't Bible or prayer, I wonder why we were doing it. But guess what God did? He put laughter, mercy, and grace in my wife. And everybody picked up that aroma. The laughter in my house came from her. The music and the hymn singing came from the girls. But you know what? Some of you Christians need to lighten up and just say, if God is a happy God, when do you show it? Right. Instead of this always intense. I I tell a story that one time I left my girl at the San Francisco airport 
uh, flying to Hawaii to be with her husband. But she was in a homesick mood, came home. When we went to the airport, on the way over to San Fran, she said, Dad, wouldn't it be wonderful if you and I could have coffee together? Just park in the parking lot. We'll have coffee together. And uh, and she's 19, just a beautiful girl, precious spirit. And uh, I, I said, no, honey, I, I've got uh, work back at the church. Went there, I'll never forget uh, the sadness in her face as I let her off at the curb. And I went back to nothing. I cried my way back. To the, there's nothing so important as to be with her. And the intense male, the uh, the sinful priorities, uh, job comes first. Now, this church, hey, if I didn't show up for a week, everything I thought I had to do would take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Napoleon said he never answered his mail but once a month. He said 90% of the problems were already solved. Uh, the wrong, wrong male-driven personalities were terrible lovers that have to learn it. It is really hard, isn't it? I, that, with purpose and intent, I, 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 I can affirm what you're saying. There are times when I, my first thought is, no, I've got to do this, and, and I've got to stop myself, yes. and I've got to train myself, and it's a constant. I haven't, I haven't succeeded yet. But you've got to be able to, men, if there's something you can take away from today's uh, program and what Pastor Phil is saying, train yourself and discipline yourself to stop and say, is this more important than my child's request of my presence with them? Yes. Holy cow. Holy cow. Man, that's a big one. So I say grace, forgiveness, uh, quality time, uh, that how do they... You know, how do they know uh, you love them? And, of course, the big mistake, I think, in a beginning family is that the woman finds all of her meaning in children. Yes. And many times the men can neglect them. Uh, and so they got to work that out, a blend somehow. You really do. Uh, that is a challenge. A lot of men find uh, resentment to the child because they, they've they've taken this woman that is mine. You know, uh, we're married. We've become one. And now all of a sudden, I, I, this this wife of mine is divided in her affections. Yes. Um, yes. Man, yeah, how do you deal with that one, right? Exactly. And I, I think that uh, just emulate the father. Take the prodigal son. If Jesus is truly the father in the parable, I'm telling you why I love sinners. Wow, we have a ton to learn from that. Uh, throwing a party for a wayward son mm. uh, is in the heart of God. Uh, and it's just enjoying being humane, humane. I've seen Christ uh, in our marriage. The grace, my wife had a thousand times more patience in teaching a child than me. I want it now. You better do it now. About a thousand miles off of how God's raised me. Yeah, yeah. The other takeaway, too, before we go to our next break is, uh, and you mentioned this, um, forgiveness. Ask, because we are. We are not perfect. No, we no. are just as a gross sinner as the next person. And we are, uh, our propensity is to, to goof up, to, goof to, up. To, 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 man, to make those missteps. And especially with our children, I can I, I can still remember 
you know, we've got 10 kids, five out of the home, five in the home. Uh, the youngest is seven. Um, the oldest is 13 that's in the home. Five are adopted, five are natural. And I, our 13-year-old, um, along with the older ones, I, I can remember the first time I said, please forgive me. I was wrong. The look on their face is just, what? Yes. That's profound. It is. That really is. And kids, I think that's why kids, uh, they lose credibility. The dad's on the board, but he's a hellion at home. Mm. And their first charge is hypocrisy. you got to live as humbly at home as you do in front of those that you think matter. Because the people that really matter are the ones at home, not yeah. the ones you think matter. Chuck Swindoll used to say, it's hardest to live at home. Yes, but it is the priority. We have to take another time out. We'll do so. Check our final look at traffic and come back and spend a few more minutes wrapping up our time tonight on marriage. Hopefully, you've had a couple of uh, moments where you've been encouraged by our time together this evening. It's not something that God has left us absent of answers with. His word is replete with answers to a lot of these problems. If you'll take a moment, humble yourself, and go to God's Word and find them. And that's what we're doing tonight here on Lifeline. Back after this look at your traffic here on KFAX. And now, back to Lifeline. It is our uh, final few moments together with you tonight here on Lifeline. Thank you, Craig, very much for uh, giving Pastor Phil our uh, your time tonight here on this Friday evening. I trust and pray our time together has given you some food for thought, has encouraged you in Christ. And giving you maybe a reason or two to press on in that marriage that may be stressful at the moment. And we'll pray for you on that. Uh, it is, you know, we, we tend to think that the grass can be greener on the other side of the fence, Phil. And it really isn't. At the end of the day, you find, maybe you find somebody. Oh, they're, they're different than what I've been used to in this marriage. Yeah, because it's new. You haven't had a chance to live with them long enough to realize they're as big a sinful mess as you are. <laughs> and so you're going to exchange one sinful mess that you know about for another sinful mess that you don't? Uh, that's just stupidity. <laughs> it, well, it, it is because uh, uh, what makes you think it will get better? I remember... Uh, a black preacher I love to hear, B.W. Smith, he tells about the uh, uh, bull looking over in the other pasture with a fence separated, and he sees it from the distance, a couple, and he keeps thinking, if I could just get over that fence, get over that fence, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to enjoy these heifers. And by the time he crashes through the fence and hurts himself, gets caught up in the barbed wire, by the time he ends the distance, he gets over there and it's two more bulls. You know, he just couldn't see what was over there. And uh, it's deception. It really uh, is. The eye and the lust of the flesh. uh, He said the eyes of man are never satisfied, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And uh, instead of you keep saying, uh, can't get no satisfaction, I want to tell Mick, I can. I have. I have it. Yes. And uh, and I'm not on weed, and I don't have to go to a concert to stay in love. I'm in love reading the Bible, treating the same, kissing on the same girl for me for 57 years. 
And uh, I don't play The Thrill is Gone for my anniversary. I just keep singing Almost Paradise. You know, it's uh, a lot of them are singing either Hound Dog or Don't Be Cruel. You know, what? where are you? Uh, hey, doing it your way, selfish way, sinful way, using each other. Uh, I, I read to you men, uh, I love that this self-centered love when this guy in the New York advertisement he makes an advertisement to get a, a wife. He said, farmer, age 38, wishes to meet a woman 30 who owns tractor. Please enclose picture of tractor. Well, you know, if on your list you've got a tractor in the deal, no wonder you're not satisfied. Uh, will you be there when the uh, stretch marks from bearing your children are there? Yeah. Uh, when, when the way, you know, I used to think I didn't know how my dad could love my mother because when I was in my teen years, she'd just gone through menopause. She's about five foot two, weigh maybe 200 pounds, uh, lost her teeth. Uh, had a gum disease, uh, the oldest of 10 children, her, and she lost all physical beauty. See, I said, Dad, how can you do that? When I got saved a week later, she got beautiful. Hmm. It, 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 and that's First Peter, isn't it? It, it? You all of a sudden, as believers in Christ, men, we have the eyes of Christ and we can see the heart. And it is that heart that makes a woman beautiful. It's a, I, I've seen uh, one of our pastors. He used to have a, a daughter. Uh, pretty, pretty fairly, her height was all right. Had a little bit of extra weight. Uh, she took after her father and for the longest time couldn't find a date, whatever. And one day, uh, Rich and I were talking. I said, if they only knew what was in this girl, mm, yes. precious girl, yes. uh, but they keep looking at the figures, keep looking at a playboy, keep looking at porno. Hey, man, you're being sold a bill of goods. You don't know if that's even her face or her body. Right. They can make whatever image they want. And here's a golden treasure. And thank God a man met her, got married, and I think so. But if only your eyes, if that's all you've got going, uh, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And if you are, uh, if you're wearing Christ's glasses, that beauty will shine out of that woman's heart, and you'll see the character and nature of a godly woman. And that, that just, man, talk about. I, and this is something I tell my girls every day. I, what attracts me to mom? She is a beautiful woman, but it is her heart and her love for Christ. Yes. I, oh, don't look. To, to the to the momentary issues that can make you beautiful, the makeup and the perfumes. Nope. That's not going to do it. No. Nope. No. Nope. And I think uh, uh, what it is with men, uh, we keep getting older, but 20-year-olds still look beautiful. <laughs> you know, I so, said, well, yeah. Yeah, yes. they're not going to change. You need to just, you. Uh, I, I had a line I was going to say here that marriage promises to be true uh and I, it was so good. I was going to, I've got, let me just find it. I thought it was so good. I didn't want to miss my good stuff. I forget. Yeah, we always uh, do. Let, it said, uh, oh, yeah, marriage is a commitment that the woman says, I will be faithful and loyal to you, even if the husband is afflicted with bulges, baldness, bunions, bifocals, bad breath, and no biceps. 
even in bad and good times, in wealth or out of wealth, or some rival. I am yours always. My wife's favorite love song is Eric Clapton and B.B. King singing, I'll always love you in the money and out of the money, in good times and bad times. Yeah. I, I thought it'd be a little bit more spiritual, but that's her grade right now. It works. It totally works. I'm, my thought would be at the... Um Learning the various types of love, I think, I think we are so easy with eros, phileo, love, and as men especially, women too, as you learn what agape love is. Ah, uh, yes. The more you can exercise agape love in your marriage, the more successful that marriage will be, and the happier and con- more content you will be in that marriage, right? Yes. I, I, I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe uh, agape love is the necessary love for a successful marriage. Anything else will fail us. Let me give you five characteristics of it. All I right. just happen to think of this. The source of agape love is not the character of the loved or even his need or her need, but the nature of the lover. Mm. So God so loved you and I, not because of the object being lovable. Two, the quality of this love is unconditional. God didn't say, I'll save you if you never sin again. A third thing, the goal of this love is the good of the loved one. I want to love you so much you won't perish. And look at Ephesians. He takes this bride and cleanses her. Then he says, the evidence of this love, I'm going to show you. It takes action. It doesn't just talk. And the extent of this love is it was sacrifice. And so when you love like God, and we're commanded to act like our father, uh, you, you tell a gal this on the wedding day, I'll, I'll take action to love you. I'll show it. I won't say baby, baby. Hmm. I'm going to show it. Uh, I'll sacrifice for you. Uh, you'll be better off with me. Um, I'm going to, uh, my love, you know, we've never improved God by him loving us. Right. But he sure has improved us. And quality, unconditional. Once, once, only once was divorce ever brought up in our marriage. And it was in the early days and in a spat. And when it happened, uh, I said to my wife, that is a forbidden word in this marriage. It is never the answer. No. Uh, We will grow. We will repent. We will get forgiveness. But by the grace of God, that vocabulary, this is an unconditional commitment for life. Right. And it is. And that is going to bring us to the close of our program tonight here on Lifeline. Phil, thank you for joining us tonight and and making all this happen. This is just it's sweet, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. And friend, thank you for joining us. Joel, on the other end, he, he gets to press all those green and red buttons and have all kind of fun. So, Joel, thanks for engineering this thing tonight. And Craig, thanks for giving us the time. And KFAX as well. Until next time, may the Lord bless you as you seek to live for Christ in every aspect of your life.
Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.